Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lott. Praise the Lord. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to read a New Testament scripture before we get into this. Somebody say, let us rise up and build. So we're building on this foundation of Jesus Christ. So no other foundation can be laid than which is already laid. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm sorry, chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 3 to 6. It said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Somebody say has. Is that present or past tense? That's past tense, isn't it? That means you're already blessed. Somebody say, I'm already blessed. blessed. You're already blessed. Stop saying God is going to bless me. No, you're already blessed. Past tense, he has blessed you. Somebody say has. Has. So he blessed me back then. Yeah, you're already blessed. So you can say, I'm blessed of the Lord. Because the blessedness of, of the Lord is not dependent upon your circumstances. <laughs> he said he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So you're already blessed and you're already in him. So he's got you protected. In other words, Christ says, I got your back. So when people come against you, when family comes against you, you don't have to do anything. You just rest in Christ. Christ said, I'll fight your battles for you. Amen. Amen. But we have the propensity. We want to come out on it, don't we, man? We want to say, boy, I got some words for you, man. Right? No, God says, no, I'll fight your battle. He said, he said, vengeance is mine. All you have to do is rest in it and say, you know what? I'm not going to even get into this. I'm going to rest in the Lord. You pray for them, and you go on about your merry way. Amen. Is this good teaching already? So he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons. You are adopted, saints of God. You are an adopted son and daughter. You are not an orphan anymore. We got to stop acting like orphans. We got to stop acting like we don't know him. We got to stop acting like that we're not already blessed. We got to stop acting like he can't heal me. That's an orphan. That's not a son. A son believes in all of uh, the truth uh, that's contained in his word because those truths belong to us, only to us. We have an inheritance in him, but if we refuse to read what our inheritances are, then we can't operate in something we know nothing about. And you might be jealous of somebody else that's getting blessed, but all they're doing is operating what God has given them. And if we focus more on what God has given us, we shouldn't be worried about what God is doing for somebody else because I'm too busy focused on what God has for me. And what God has for you is for you. He has, you have your own anointing. He, you have your, your own gifts. You have your own talents. And God wants to tap into you so that you can go and do exploits in his name. Am I talking to the right church today? 
Man, this, these, these, when you read the word of God, the word of God should start reading you. Bless you. Having predestined to, to the adoption of sons by Christ Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Man, somebody put your hand on your heart and say, I bring him pleasure. Come on, man. He's your papa, man. You bring him pleasure. He created you for, for his pleasure. If we, we can get that in our mind, man, this would be a beautiful thing. Last Sunday, we learned that God will never build a destiny with, without first birthing a plan. Let me say that again. God will never build a destiny without first birthing a plan. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, you got to know that God called you before you were ever born. And he had a plan for you before you were ever born. Everything after the fall was God having to put back what man messed up. That's why after the fall, you, you hear words like renew. You have to redo something. Right? Redemptive. Repentance. Uh, reconciliation. Restore. All that is is God having to put back what he had in his original plan. I call it the pre-fall mentality. Let me, let me ask you this. What would be the competency level of a man without sin in his life? What could that man do? What kind of authority would that man have? What could that man speak into existence? Made in the image of God, the homage day of God. Made in the image of God without sin in his life. What could that man do? Well, we already know Adam named all the animals. Right. Why? Because he didn't have sin in his life. So the competency level of Adam was incomprehensible. Yeah. Why? Because the father knew everything. And Adam was in complete connection with his father. They were walking in the spirit each and every day. I'm talking about before the fall. Somebody say before the fall. Adam had a relationship with God before the fall. Everything after the fall is redemptive. Before the fall, everything was paradise. After the fall, it was dark. Until the Spirit of God moved, and when the Spirit of God moved, God began to bring redemption, restoration. Why? Because he was trying to take man back to the area where man needed to be before the fall. He wants you to think like a man without sin in his life made in the image of God. That's why he's adopted you to bring you out of that afterfall mentality, put you in a pre-fall mentality so you can stand up as a son. Amen. Is this making sense at all? This is why on the cross, Jesus said, today you shall be with me before the fall. Because when we die, he takes us back where we came from. We were in Christ. We were a spirit before we got a body. When you were a spirit in Christ, in the heavenlies, your parents didn't know anything about you coming. God says, I want you to be born on this day at that hour, and you're going to do this for me. This was before you got a body. God said, I got a plan before I ever gave, ever gave birth to you. So we didn't come from our past. We didn't come from circumstances. We came from God. The one who created us and has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for us. Hello, somebody. I don't mean to scream, but I'm pretty excited about this thing. Amen, somebody. 
And we got to understand that this is what God has for us. Somebody said, this is for me. See, you get into that the before the fall mentality and you understand, man, I can create things. I can do things. I got power. I have an anointing. I have gifts. I have talent. I'm already blessed in heavenly places in Christ. So what, why am I afraid of man? Amen, somebody. Let me calm down. <laughs> Jesus came on the scene to do one thing. And that was to reveal the Father to us. He came to reveal the Father to us. Jesus told uh, Thomas, he said, hey, he said, show us the Father. He said, man, I, I've been with you all this time, and you asking me to show you the Father? He said, look, when you have seen me. You have already seen the Father. He said, because I am the visible manifestation of the invisible God. That's why when you look in the face of Jesus, you see Daddy. And as men, as fathers, what we're supposed to be is the total expression of who our Father is, but here on this earth. And we should be able to look at our children and say, when you have seen me, you also have seen the Father. Amen, somebody. Because we got to get back into paradise. Eating from the tree of life. And what's happening is we're eating from the tree of mixture. Just read my book. You'll learn more about that tree in my book. But see, when you eat from the tree of mixture, then now you got two different seeds inside of you. You got a seed from the devil and you got a seed from God. And they are diametrically opposed to one another. And your flesh is always going to take you to the side of the devil always. Your flesh would never take you to the side of God. So you say, well, shoot, I hadn't prayed in a while. I hadn't read the word in a while. I stopped going to church. I just don't, I don't understand why I just don't feel spiritual. Well, it's not rocket science. You're not doing what you're supposed to do to build up the inner man. John said, I decrease so he can increase in me. If you're not decreasing the world in you and all that music that you listen to that you shouldn't be listening to and all that stuff you're reading that you shouldn't be reading, all that stuff you're watching that you shouldn't be watching, well, then it's not rocket science why you don't feel spiritual. It is. It's not rocket science, guys. Some stuff you're doing, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I don't think I need to stop doing what I'm doing. Well, I mean, look, all I can tell you is none of this is cheap. It's not cheap. You want an anointing on your life? You better, you better make sure you know what you're asking for. There's no cheap anointing. There's no cheap grace. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to go through some stuff. You're going to have to cross some rivers with it. Amen, somebody. It don't come quick and it don't come cheap, but I tell you, it is worth it. Let me me show you this. Let me show you this. This is is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as you are a prophet to the nation. But let me give you the amplifier. You want to see the amplifier? Check out the amplifier. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you. 
My God, God has already approved you. He said, I got your back. Come on, somebody. So sin, you sitting here like, God, I just, I don't know. Am I pleasing you? God says, I already approved you. So in other words, saints of God, you have his stamp of approval. He said, I got you, boo. He said, you all right. He said, and approved of you as my chosen instrument. Listen, who cares if man don't choose you? I am approved and already chosen by my papa. And if papa likes me, then I like me. You don't have to like me. You don't have to allow me to go with your little old group. You don't have to tell me that I'm good. My papa already said I'm good. I'm already approved by him, and I am an instrument in his hands. Glory to God. And before you were born, this is saying, this is before you had a body. So in essence, saints of God, he said, before you were born, your parents have nothing to do with your call. Your parents have nothing to do with the plan of God on your life. God said, I set it up before your parents even knew they were going to have you. Let, let, me, let me see if I can help somebody. Let's just say you came here as a result of a rape, but you're here now. Horrible thing. But that incident that happened has nothing to do with the plan of God on your life. God said the plan was already in place. It's already in place. So you can get delivered from your past because God goes beyond your past to the place where you were not even born. Good grace is a life. He said, and before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. Good Lord Almighty. See, you don't need to have a man or a woman when you know you belong to God. And then if you do find them, it's a greater and a deeper and a more richer relationship because you know you already found. Gracious. And see, when you're already found, you don't have to be found. The problem is we got too many Christian men and women want to be found. When God said, I already found you, you need to rest in me because you got some little brokenness inside of you that if I've sent the woman to you, you'll mess her up. Oh, yeah, you want a man, but you're not a wife yet. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Didn't know that was coming, did you? Called you to myself as my very own. Have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Saints of God, you are already appointed. One of the things I want to show you is this word for foundation. We'll come back to that. Well, no, we'll go to that one. Let's go to Ephesians and the Amplified version. We read the scripture in the New King James, but this is the Amplified. He said, even as in his love, he chose us. Listen, listen, listen look at this actually picked us out for himself as his own. My God, I can't, I can't express enough, saints, that you understand that God already handpicked you. They don't want you to go out to eat lunch with them. So, 
you already picked out. Go eat by yourself. <laughs> Go have lunch with Jesus. Somebody, can I join you? No, I have somebody sitting here. <laughs> well, I don't see anybody. It's because you're not saved. <laughs> you got to have vision to see who I'm sitting with. And you don't have enough vision to sit with him. Now, if you sit down, I can share with you who he is because he wants to open up your sight and remove the scales from your eyes so that you can see that you're handpicked just like me. See, I don't have to apologize for blessings because I'm seated in heavenly places. Amen, Amen somebody. And when you're seated in heavenly places and you love him more than things, God will allow you to have things. See, the problem is a lot of you want things over him, but you got to get him and he'll allow you to have things because the day that God can trust you, he'll bless you. I, I'm talking about two or three of y'all. The rest of y'all going to come on up in a minute, right? I, I hope you're seeing this with me. Amen. Because I, I can't make you receive it. I can teach it, but you got to receive it. Saints, you got to start operating in what's yours. Listen, listen. At some point, we got to stop. We got to stop living our relationship with Jesus looking at the back of the person's head sitting in church. You're going to have to go deeper than that. Church has to be more than that. Your whole idea of church is looking at the back of somebody else's head in service doing nothing. There is so. Oh, no, I'm already out there. I might as well go ahead and talk about it. There, there, there are so many people sitting in churches doing nothing with their gifts and their talents, and they're just sitting there content to do nothing. When they can get up, they can move out, and they can serve God using their gifts and talents somewhere else. And you're looking at that stage, and you see those are professionals, and you would never get there, not understanding that God handpicked you to do something else than to look at them up there. You're supposed to be up there, but maybe not in that environment. See, this, this, is, this is the kind of stuff that is ruining the church because people identify their relationship with Jesus based on the place they worship. Okay, all right. Y'all don't want any more of that, so let me, let me move on. <laughs> let, me give you, let me break this thing down for the word foundation for you so you can see something. See, the word foundation is, in Greek, is katabole, katabole, katabole. That's how you pronounce that. This is what it means in Greek. The injection or depositing of the virile semen in the, in the womb. Isn't that a, that, that's amazing right there. So the Bible says... He chose you before the foundation. Before this hit that, he chose you. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me let that sink in for a second because I know you're right and y'all processing, right? Okay, let me let you process for a second. See, I can't just tell you that God had a plan before you gave birth, but now you understand that the foundation says before Stephen ever hit your mother's womb, I already called you. Before the foundation, I am already called. Lord, I wish you would do something in my life. I got the plan. I already got the plan. Well, God, I just don't believe I have a purpose. I got your purpose too. 
right? The problem is not that people don't have a purpose. The problem is people don't want to do what they need to do to find out what their purpose is. That's the problem. See, we watch too much stuff that says you can get rich quick, and so you apply that natural situation to your spirit, and you think you can get to him quick. Yeah, you got to him quickly by being saved, but it's, it, my daddy would say, it's harder to, than keeping something than getting it. You got saved quick, but now you got to work out your salvation. Amen, somebody. And to stay saved is what's hard. Why? Because if you don't mature, God can't reveal those areas in you that need to be changed. Because you're not just going to submit everything to God right away. Some stuff you don't even know you need to submit because there are some things you think you got delivered from years ago that's going to pop back up in your life. And you say, why is this coming back up in my life? Why? Because there is another layer God is beginning to peel off of you that you need to submit to the altar of God. And God is saying, I can't mature you if you stay weak in this area because you got to go and minister to other people. Am I talking to the right church this morning? Praise God. I lost my video, but that's all right. We're going to keep preaching. Is that all right? Philippians 2 and 13 says this, for it is God which works in you both the will and to do his good pleasure. Saints of God, I, I can't express how important it is that God called you to do his pleasure. That you bring him pleasure. That when you go to God at the altar by yourself, nobody is around. You in your room, you in the kitchen, you in your car and say, Lord, I know I got some behaviors in me that I need to stop doing. I got some actions. I got some words, God, that I've been using lately. I know I haven't been using these words in a while, but God, these little words have crept back up on me again. But God, I am sorry. Would you please forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, God, right now? And God says, yeah, 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 you bring me pleasure right there. You bring me pleasure. You bring me pleasure. You bring me pleasure. And I think sometimes you got to understand how important you are to him. You bring him pleasure, saints. There are no super saints. I'm telling you, there are no super pastors, no super apostles. Get away with all the little titles. You're just a child of God that's trying to get closer to him. That's all you are. Amen. From the pulpit to the pews, we all trying to get to God. All of us are saying, if it, I just thank you for the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done in my life right now. Because when I think about it, my soul cries out hallelujah. Amen, somebody. This is what I'm talking about. Man, there's something should be in your feet, man. It start raising up. It start coming up, man. You might feel it in your belly a little bit because there should be a river that's stirring up inside of you to say, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I'm going to go higher. Talk to me, somebody. Yeah, you want to defeat the devil, but you won't get up. You know, before you can fight, you got to get on your feet. Listen, listen, God said he handpicked you to fight. He handpicked you to fight. You're supposed to be a fighter. And in, in the book of Nehemiah, we're going to get into this later on, but I'm going to share this now. In the book of Nehemiah, the first thing that Nehemiah needed to do was build a wall. So while y'all complaining about we shouldn't be doing this and we shouldn't be doing that, God built walls. Thank you. 
And the problem with a lot of folks in the church, you don't have any. You have spiritual AIDS. Because people with AIDS, they can't fight little diseases and colds because their immunity system is broke now. We got too many Christians with spiritual AIDS because you catch everything that comes around. Every little fad, every little doctrine that come around, you catching it, you latching on to it. I want to be a black Hebrew Israelite. <laughs> catching all that nonsense, all that false doctrine. Can't no man keep the law. How are you going to keep the law and live? Jesus is the only one that kept the law. And you think you can go back to the Old Testament and live. You already did. Am I talking the truth right now? You notice I'm standing flat-footed and I'm not scared about it. Build your walls up. And so this is what he did. He put the men to build the wall. He put a trial in one hand to build. You know what they had in the other hand? A sword. Why? Why? Because if you don't understand this image, this is the man right here. This is the trial. He's building a wall. That's the sword. Why? Because God wants us to build and battle all at the same time. You know what he's telling us? I've already given you the tools. But you know what he says? I'm not going to build your walls. Oh, boy. Now, see, I lost some of you because you're too political. I know I lost you, but you know what? I don't really care. You think I care? The problem with a lot of people is they're too political right now, and they don't even understand spiritual implications. And I'm telling you, you better get out of that Democrat party, you better get out of that Republican party, and you better understand some biblical things so that you can see what's really going on behind the scenes. You know those folks don't hate each other like they purport on the news, right? You know all of the, che- the kids go to the same school, they eat dinner together, they know each other. I hope y'all know that. Republican and Democrats are not fighting like that. They know each other. This is a show. It's nothing but a show. And while you all in your flesh, oh, I believe they need to be... You all up in your flesh. Get in the Bible. Just read the word of God and understand. Well, what are you supposed to be doing? Why are you complaining about what they're not doing and what they should be doing and they should be doing that? What are you doing? How are you changing the culture? How are you changing your own life? How are you changing the person next door? But we won't go knock next door, but we want to go to Africa. See, see this kind of stuff, this kind of talk, this kind of talk, that people don't like it. You, 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 you got Africa's next door, but you want to go to Africa. I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff that make you grow up quick. Amen, somebody. Something to remember. You not only came from God, you were spiritually handpicked by the Father to bring him pleasure in Christ by the Holy Ghost. You were handpicked. Put your hand on your heart and say, I was handpicked. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you were handpicked. Man, if that don't do something inside, man, that's that's something on the inside of you should stir up a little bit. Amen, somebody? To know, man, I'm handpicked, man. Man, because, see, listen, we we can get down on ourselves a lot, right? We, we, We talk about, man, I wish I can do this or... Wow, God, I, I, I'm so sorry. I should have done that. And, but man, you're handpicked to bring him pleasure. 
You got to stop all that because when you walk in a defeatism mentality, the devil has, he don't even have to bother you. You already defeated. So why is he around? And a lot of folks who talking testimonies talking about the devil, that ain't the devil. That ain't the devil ain't even around you. You just defeated yourself. I can't do this and I don't have enough money for that and I need this and, and oh God. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And we're already defeated. And Jesus is trying to tell you, look, I handpicked you for this. You got this. Come on. Amen. Can I encourage you today? Come on, saints. Come on. Don't, don't let your circumstances bind you in a place that God never meant for you to be. Amen. And so check this out. Let's, let's get into this. Say this with me. I came from God. I came from God. My, assignment my assignment can't be messed up, be messed by, up. My by my circumstances. Let's say it again. I came from God. Came from God. My, assignment my assignment can't be messed up, be messed by, up. My by my circumstances. Your assignment is your assignment, saints. Don't think that just because you might be going through the vicissitudes of life that somehow now the assignment has been erased. No, God gave you your assignment. It doesn't matter what you have to go through. It doesn't matter who you got to go to. But your assignment has always been there. It doesn't matter if you got to step back and process some stuff. It don't matter. It doesn't change the assignment. It doesn't matter if you get sick and you say, God, I can't do that right now because I'm sick in my body. The assignment don't change because you're sick. I hope I'm helping somebody. And because what can happen is we get in that little rut and we say, oh, God, I, I, I should have been able to do this. And, and God, maybe, maybe you didn't call me. And you know what the devil does? Oh, he's already defeated. He, 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 he ain't going to do anything anyway because he's already speaking defeatism to himself. Faith comes by hearing. And when you speak words of defeat in your own hearing, then you develop faith in what you're hearing. So you know what you don't do? You won't do anything because you already, has con you already have convinced yourself that God really didn't call you. So what you have done, thank you, Jesus, what you have done, you have just placed yourself in the seat of God. Because now what you're trying to do is to say, I know more about my life than God knows about me. You know nothing. He said, my thoughts are so far from your thoughts. My ways are so far from your ways. Get out of your little finite mind. Amen, somebody. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to help you. So that you can understand, man, there's, there's things that's going to happen in your life. But, man, that does not take away the assignment that's on your life. Come on. I got five people that like that. Okay. That's all right. I'm going to preach it anyway. You got my back, bro? All right, good. Habakkuk began to complain. And then after he complained, he had to get into a posture. Saints, you can complain all day long. But unless you're willing to get in the right posture to hear an answer from God, you're just going to complain. 
That's it. And you're not going to hear what God has to say to you. The man of God says, I will stand upon my watch. He said, I had to get into a, a, a posture. Standing upon my watch, my watch, at this place is the hard place because this is the place of introspection. My watch. In other words, I'm going to watch myself. I'm going to watch what I do. I'm going to watch what I say. I'm going to watch what I look at, and I'm going to watch what I hear. That's your watch. It's my watch. Your watch can't be my watch. Amen, somebody. We all have to watch ourselves. We have to police ourselves. There are some things that we used to watch more closely than what we watch today, and we have allowed the enemy to step in there, and you've given him space. Now, I don't know what that is for you, but all of us, like I told you earlier, every one of us have some areas of brokenness in us. We're, we're delivered, but we're still damaged. We say, but we're still struggling. Amen, somebody. Now, that's the reality of it. Oh, yeah, in front of folks, you want to talk about, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm ble- no, no, you broke, brother. No, you broke. You tore up. No, so you're trying to mask all of that scripture quoting with who you really are. And who you really are is not what you do, by the way. First thing people say, well, you know, well, who are you? Well, I'm an apostle and I'm a deacon in the church. I didn't ask what you did. I want to know who you are because in reality, I could care less less about what you did. I want to know who you are because you might not have the character that you need. And you might not be walking in integrity even though you're holding a title. Boy, my watch. That means I got to watch my life. What am I doing wrong? Help me. God, I need your help right now, Lord. I'm tired of thinking this way, Jesus. Help me with my thoughts, Lord, because I know I'm on the precipice of giving up right now. Help me. God, I need somebody to look into my eyes and tell me I'm worth something. I hope I'm talking to the right people right now. Because, see, when you peer into the eyes of Jesus, that's what he should be doing. And say, you are worth something. I died for you. (laughs) Glory to God. Stand upon your watch. It's your watch, saints of God. You got to get in the right posture before you can hear something from God. And then he goes on to say, and I set me upon a tower. You know what he's saying here, saints of God? To get in a tower, you got to go up higher. So in other words, once you begin to do some introspection, you begin to to allow the the, uh, microscope of God's word begin to tap beneath the surface of who you try to portray yourself to be. I hope I'm talking to the right folks because we we as Christians, we, we are real good at disguises. There's a scripture in the Bible, um, the man of God's son, uh, it, well, he was a king. He wasn't a man of God, and he, his son got sick. And so he, he should have gone to the man of God to say, my son is sick, but he sent his wife <laughs> to go to the prophet, and he told his wife, he said, disguise yourself yes, yes. so that people in the city won't know that the queen is walking through the city going to the man of God. See, the king was a punk. 
because he wouldn't do what he should have done. So he convinced his wife to disguise herself to go to the man of God because he was too afraid to go to church. You little weak rascal. No, baby, you go to church for me this morning. No, no, you get your butt up, bruh. You go dress the kids and get them ready. Oh, see, see? You talk that kind of stuff? Then when people, well, I'm, I ain't learning in this church because they, they talk too much stuff. <laughs> Prior to the woman getting to the church or the threshold of the house, God had already spoke to the man of God. And he said, Jeroboam's wife is on her way. Hello, somebody. So this woman disguised herself. She came in. Nobody knew who she was. <laughs> it's a little bitty jacket. I ain't lying. <laughs> so this woman, she goes through the city. Nobody knows who she is. She fooled people in the city. Are you hearing me here? She fooled everybody in the city, but the Bible says the moment she stepped over the threshold of the door of the church, the man of God said, hello, Jeroboam's wife. In other words, you can fool people some of the time, but you can fool God none of the time. And we got to stop disguising ourselves and thinking that we're something that we are not. Jacob disguised himself. And he said, <laughs> the bit of jacket, the midget jacket. So Jacob disguised himself like his brother Esau. Uh -huh. yeah. Come on, somebody. So Esau was a hunter. So Jacob rubbed stuff all on him so he smelled like he's been hunting. And then they cut goat skin and put it up here so because he was a hairy rascal. So he put it up here so he can disguise himself in front of his father. His mama, who was a part of the conspirating, convinced him to do this, mama. I'll get on that another time. I'm on another assignment right now. I can't mess with the mamas right now. Oh, yes, I can. You got to stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to hold my tongue. But at some point, mama, you got to let a boy be a boy. I don't care what culture is trying to teach us and call it toxic masculinity. You better let a boy be a boy. Otherwise, he's going to come home being something. That's all I'm going to say about that. So he went in, disguised himself so he can steal a blessing from his brother. Listen, saints, you don't have to disguise yourself to steal a blessing from your father. In other words, you don't have to look like your brother or your sister to steal a blessing from your father. 
you got your own blessing. I just read the scriptures to you that you already have been blessed in heavenly places in Christ. You got your own doggone anointing. You got your own blessings. You got your own authority. You don't have to disguise yourself. You don't have to make yourself look good. You don't have to quote scripture every time you talk to somebody. You don't have to twist and shake and talk in tongues every time you meet somebody. You just be who you are. I'm a child of God. That's all you need to know. You get close to me, you, you get some of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're one of them Jesus freaks. Yeah, I am. Jesus freak, that might be true. But if you get too close, you'll be a Jesus freak too. Come on, somebody. Listen, I got something that people need. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, I got something people need. They need Jesus. You got it, saints. They need you. They need you. Listen, anoint yourself. Get up. Get up out of the bed. Anoint yourself. The man of God crying. He said, get up. The child is dead. This is what he told David. Get up, David. The child is dead. Get up. Anoint yourself and go to church. Some of us got to get You got to pick yourself up, saints. Stop making or requiring somebody else to pick you up. It's not their job to pick you up. You pick yourself up. Amen. Am I talking to the right church? Amen. Amen. Now, I know we go through things and we need people at times, but sometimes you need yourself. The Bible says, wake up the mighty men of God. Sometimes we got to go into worship. This is why we go higher so that we can go into worship. It says, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. His being. Tremble before and reverently fear him, all the earth. But listen, I wanted to show you this commentary. This is the David Treasury commentary. Check this out, this Treasury of David commentary. Check out that same scripture. This is what he's talking about here. The intense whiteness, purity, clearness, the infinite luster and splendor of the Father's perfect nature, like a gem without flaw, without stain, without color. When you worship the Lord in, in, the, in the beauty of holiness, this is him. This is his nature. Right here. This is who he is. This is the father who loves you. And no, and guess, check this out. The way you get into this is in Christ. You, you can't get here. If you try to get to this before you get to Jesus, you would die. That's why he said, Moses, no man can see me and live because I'm too pure. Moses says, show me your glory. He said, no, you can't see all of that. You can't see my intense whiteness and purity, Moses, because if, if I exposed who I was, you would die right there in my presence. But he said, but I got a place by me. Come on, somebody. He said, I got a place by me. You can't see all of me, but I got a place by me. He said, I'm going to put you in the rock. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, when I put you in the rock, that rock is Christ. Go ahead and read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We understand that that rock that followed them is Christ. So he put him in Christ. He said, I can't show you all it is, but I'll let you see my backside. Saints of God, you're trying to see stuff, but you're not in Christ. Get in the rock. Get into this word. Repent. Let the Lord use you in areas that he need to use you. Praise prepares you, but worship propels you. 
one of the things that is going to be imperative, especially at C3, is, fellas, you're going to have to start learning how to worship. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing more powerful than a man who is an alpha worshiping. A man who understands who he is in Jesus, and he's not ashamed of anybody. Listen, I'm just totally open and naked before the Lord. I worship him because I'm so in love with him. Don't care who sees it. Don't matter to me. I just love the Lord. Amen. See, the women had to take over the churches because the men, they just completely abdicated their responsibility. But it's time for us to take it back. Fellas, say take it back. We're going to take it back, and we're going to do it right. Years ago, 10 years ago, I saw a vision of men just on the walls worshiping. Years, it's 10 years ago. When we first started this church, some 10 years ago, I walked in the church. We had about five members. It was tough. Those were tough times. Right, because we had to do everything. We were ushering, and, and we were taking an offering, and, and preaching, and praise and worship, and, and then we was greeting at the end, and then we'll go home, count the money, deposit it. So you think the jobs that you do in this church, we did them all at one time. All of them at one time. And didn't care. We just did it, because we just figured that's what we do. Amen, somebody. Clean the church, too. I forgot about that. We had to do that, too. Amen. See, when you start from scratch, you learn stuff. (laughs) Amen. I learned more than anything that I didn't know anything. And when you learn you don't know anything, that's when you can really worship. You ain't got nothing else. That's when I learned how to worship. I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Why you call me, Lord? I don't know what to do here. He said, but I got you. I handpick you. (laughs) Oh, God, that's enough for me. Because if you believe in me, that's all I need. Amen, somebody. All right, let me give you the last little bit because i got to finish this up. Y'all ready for the rest of this? Look at this. Look at this. Habakkuk chapter 2. To see what he was saying to me. To see what he was saying to me. To see what he would say unto me. To see what he would say. How can you see something that somebody says? You would think he would say, I want to hear what you say. But he wants to see. Why? Because if you go back to chapter 1, the burden, the vision of the Lord was already open. Vision opens up your eyesight. Lord, I want to see what you're saying to me because when you say something, you open up my vision. Are you here with me? 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says this, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. For having itchy ears, they will accumulate. Come on, say They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and follow strange myths. See, if you don't get into your high place so that you can see what he will say to you, you will listen to the wrong people and you will be going down the wrong path because then you develop itchy ears so that you can hear smooth words that you might feel good about yourself, but you may not repent. Mm, I slipped that one in there. I'm sorry. Let's go to the last one. Y'all didn't like that one, so. (laughs) Okay. And I shall answer when I am reproved. Listen, saints of God. Usually, let let me just say in my life, usually when God, before he gives me an answer, he shows me a plan. Right? That plan is usually tied to something I got to give to him. 
something that that's that's broken in me, something that's weak in me, an area where where I've struggled. You know why he's trying to take that? Because you can't mature with that stuff in you. So God is saying, I got the plan and I want to show you more of my vision, but you're going to give me that right there. So let's make an exchange. Good gracious of life. So if you exchange that that other little peel place off of your life and give it to him, say, God, take it. I'm sick of it anyway. And God says, now I can speak. For the Bible said God answered. The vision opens us up to hearing the voice of the father. But we must be prepared to surrender to his answers no matter the cost. That's the hard part. Because he may tell you to change some relationships. Mm -hmm. That is hard. There's nothing easy about that at all. Especially if it's family or people that you've been around for a while. Because you know they're going to talk bad about you. Right? But it will be worth it. Here are the results. He said, write the vision. Here's the answer that he got. He said, make a plan. Saints, do you have a plan for your life? I know most of you that, that come on Wednesday nights, I'm teaching you about developing your personal development plan. I, I've been doing this for 10, 15 years, making my own development plan. How am I going to grow? Who's going to mentor me this year? And I write their names down. But I also got the names written of those that I'm going to mentor. Because I decide that. Why? It's on my plan. And see, I set priorities based on my plan. And if it's not on my plan, it's not a priority. Ooh, boy, y'all got real quiet up in here. Oh, this, is this too pragmatic? It's too practical. Are you listening? Set the plan. Listen, listen, saints of God, you decide what your schedule is going to be. Don't nobody else set your schedule. You set your own schedule. We set our own schedule. We decide who we're going to spend time with. Amen. Amen. You don't decide that for me. Who are you? You don't want anybody infiltrating your time. So you set that schedule. What, what prayers are on your plan this year? Where do you want to see God do the extravagant in your life? Is that on your plan? Who are you going to forgive this year? What person have you hurt that you're going to go back to and say, I'm sorry? Because we always want to talk about who hurt us. But what about the people you hurt? Who are you going to go to and say, you know what? I totally screwed that up when we had that last conversation. I am so sorry. This year, I want to reconnect. That should be on your plan. How much fasting and praying are you going to do this year? That should be on your plan. What books are you going to read this year? You're going to just read the Bible? Well, that's good, but you're not going to read it all. Stop lying to yourself. Just say I'm going to read a chapter. Do something that you can actually accomplish. Amen. Now, if you want to read the whole Bible in a year, hey, you can do it. I did it. I've done it three times. But let me tell you something. It is not easy to read the Bible in a year. If you work, you got a family, it's hard to do that. But if you ain't working, it's easy to do that. You can just read all day long. You can knock out eight chapters a day. 
right? But when you work, then do something that's actually accomplished, you can accomplish. And just say, I'm going to read Isaiah, but then I'm going to go back and study Isaiah because you can't read and study at the same time. You're either going to study or you're going to read. Am I talking the right stuff right now? I know this is pragmatic, but sometimes we need to understand, write the plan. You got to write that vision and make it plain so that he that can run with it, that read it. And if you ain't running with your own vision, why would God allow somebody else to do it? He said, at the end, did I say something? So at the end, the vision will speak, saints of God. God will give you a manifestation of the words that he's speaking into your life. It would just develop into something. And when you look at it, you go, you know, I can't do that. He said, yeah, I know that. That's why I gave it to you, because if God gave you a vision that you can fulfill, it's not from God. He's too big for that. He's going to show you something he know you can't do. See, otherwise, you don't need faith. If you can do it, why you need faith? He said, no, I'm going to show you something. You know you're going to need some faith. You're going to have to jump off this boat. Oh, God, I, I, I don't know if I can walk on water. Yeah, and you won't know if you stay in the boat. <laughs> you just a water walker. <laughs> Though it tarries, wait for it, saints. Okay? Oh, you don't understand, John. I've been praying for five years. So what is five years in God's time? Let, let me help you out. The Bible says that a thousand years is as one day to God. A thousand years is like one day. A th- <laughs> uh, not two days. A th- somebody say a thousand. That's like a 24-hour period for God. And you've been waiting five years. <laughs> God laughs at you. I was, I was telling Tim and um, Antonio this morning, I know when we're reading the Bible that Jesus stood up off of the throne when Stephen prayed, right? He, the Bible said, I saw Jesus standing off of the throne. I said, this is not in the Bible, but there's another time when he fell off the throne because when he looked at me, he started laughing, and he just laughed right off the throne and said, that boy is crazy right there. That ain't in the Bible. Just so you know. But some of the stuff I do, and I look back, and I go, Jesus had to be laughing at me. Yeah, I know, right? There's no way he wasn't laughing and saying, Daddy, you see what that, that joke is crazy. <laughs> right? Amen, somebody. He has to have a sense of humor. He called all of us. Come on, saints. All right, let me give you this last one so we can pray. Regret looks back, worry looks around, but vision looks up so you can plan ahead. Amen? All right, so... These, these are some foundational things that I wanted to give you because I think it's important. Oh, I'm supposed to go back? Oh, my. Dad. Shoot. That was vicious. <laughs> Raise up up in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. Let me, just, let me just wait. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. <laughs> let me wait for it. Praise God. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in here for that. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. 
Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.